Welcome to the Scratch My Brain Podcast, brought to you by ScratchMyBrain.com. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Scratch My Brain Podcast number seven. Today, um, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to play a bunch of music from one label. This is Nemu Records, or Nemu, N-E-M-U Records. It's a label out of Germany, and uh, somehow I got on their mailing list, and they keep sending me CDs. So I'm going to play some of them for you, and talk about some of the things that uh, the process of getting these unsolicited CDs has made me think about. Um, But let's start with some music. I think the first thing I'm going to play is from the first CD that they sent me. This is uh, from a group called Syntopia Quartet, and the name of the CD is Mars. And I'm going to play the first track off of that CD. It's called Goodbye Earth. Thank you. 
That was the Syntopia Quartet from an album called Mars. The track is Goodbye Earth, and that's available on Nemu Records, uh, which you can check out online at nemu-records.com, N-E-M-U-records.com. So like I was saying earlier, I, I received this sort of randomly in the mail. Actually, I think I got an email from the guy um, at some point. And I'm sure I respond, you know, he probably said, can I send you some stuff? And I'm sure I responded with, yeah, I love hearing good music, you know, send it on. Well, I've gotten four discs from the guy now, um, which is, is cool. Um, it's, and they're all interesting music. But uh, that whole process sort of got me to thinking about um, the role that critics play in the music business. And do I want to be a critic, which I, I don't think I do want to be a critic. I'm a musician, and when you sort of take on that role of criticism, it's it's a very funny, weird line. Now, I have written some CD reviews for the online Trombone Journal, um, which you can read at trombone.org if, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and I'm, you know, and I sort of review music on Scratch My Brain. Um, but I, I look at that more, not as much in terms of reviewing things as in terms of letting people know about stuff. Sort of the, the idea behind Scratch My Brain, um, when it came together was, uh, that most of the cool art that I've discovered, I've discovered through friends whose taste that I trust telling me, oh man, you've got to check this out. This is very hip. You should listen to this or read this or or go to this exhibit or whatever. And so that's sort of what I wanted to do with Scratch My Brain was have a place where I could take the things that I found interesting and tell those of you that read or listen, hey, check this out. I dig it. You'll, you might dig it too. Um, and, and the role that critics play is different from that in that they also pan things. And, uh, you know, it's sort of, I guess it's their job to tell you something sucks if it sucks, you know, but then that gets into the, well, you know, they think it sucks, but I might like it. You know, there are, uh, there are movie reviewers that I know, um, if they totally pan a film that it's one that I want to see. And if they love it, that I should definitely not see it. So I guess they're serving their purpose of letting me know what the movie's like, even though their tastes are completely opposite mine. And I guess there are some music critics that do the same thing. Anyway, so I, I don't really want to be a music critic, but that got me to thinking about how how music, how we find out about music. And especially these days, as more and more people are, are doing things themselves, distribution's not really an issue for the independent artist anymore with the internet if people know about your stuff they can find it and get it you know on your own website with uh, paypal or whatever or through cd baby it's even becoming more possible for us to have download our own download stores and whatever so distribution to any part of the world really isn't the issue anymore the issue is still getting people to find out about your music um, and that used to be done uh, through the labels and radio. They would, uh, how shall we say, encourage radio to play their music. 
and and then we would hear it on the radio and say, oh, I should go buy that. But radio, I mean, the purpose of radio is to sell advertising. Even sort of in the public radio scene, the purpose of radio is to have listeners who will support the public radio to get underwriters. And, uh, and so you have to be somewhat mainstream in that context to appeal to the broadest base of underwriters and the broadest base of listeners that will, will call in and join the station and support, support them. So it's, it's hard even to some extent in public radio to really take risks. Although there are stations that are good at it. Uh, when I was in Chicago in March, listened to WNUR quite a bit. And, and they played great stuff that was very eclectic and odd mixtures of things. And it was beautiful. I loved it. I wish every place had a radio station like that. Anyway, my point is that radio was how we used to find out about new music. And that got me to thinking about the sort of new radio of podcasting, which is what we're doing here. And, uh, and I thought, well, this is a great way to discover new music because you don't even have some of the issues of radio. On radio, if, if they play something that's uh, outside of the listener's taste, the listener will often change the station or pop in a CD or whatever and sometimes not come back for some period of time. But the beauty of a podcast is you control the timing. And if, uh, if I play some new music that you love, then you can rewind it and listen to it four times. And if I play new music that you hate, you can just fast forward to the next song or the next little patch of me rambling or whatever, which is what made me decide to just pick some things off of these CDs and play them and, uh, and to not necessarily make any value judgment of them. Um, although, I mean, if I totally didn't dig it, I wouldn't play it. But to not come on and say, oh, well, this is great. You have to check this out or this is, I didn't really like this or whatever. Um, you know, you can decide if you like it. I'll just put it out there and, and play it for you and you can check it out. So um, I'm going to play another one. This is from uh, an album that I just got the other day. And to be honest, I haven't even listened to the whole thing yet. But it's called Photosphere. And it's a piano and flute duets with uh, Robert Dick and Ursel Schlicht. I hope I said that right. This again is on the Nemu label out of Germany. And I'm going to play a piece called Faust. Thank you. 
That was called Faust by Robert Dick and Ursula Schlicht. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. From an album called Photosphere, just released on Nemo Records. Um, these CDs that I've gotten from Nemo have a very interesting packaging. They're in those sort of uh, cardboard kind of six-panel things where the, the disc slips into the cardboard envelope on one end. Uh, they all have a very uniform look about their packaging. And the cardboard thing's kind of similar to like how some of the hat art stuff comes, or hat hut stuff. Um, and that got me to thinking about packaging. Um, and I'd love to hear from some of you on this, those of you that are listening and would like to respond, um, how you feel about CD packaging. If you like the sort of uh, cardboard sleeve approach or the digipacks, you know, which are essentially cardboard with just the plastic tray that holds the disc, or the good old school um, jewel case. I've more and more become a, not a fan of jewel cases lately. They seem to take up a lot of space. But, uh, but I know some people like them, and, uh, and as I've researched digital downloads and whatnot, I'm, I'm realizing that lots of people like physical product. They like to have something to hold, um, which I think will ultimately be an issue for downloads, although I think it'll eventually be overcome. But uh, at this point, people still like holding stuff. And uh, so I'm curious what you think about the packaging. I sort of like these these uh, little cardboard folder things. Sort of has that old school vinyl feel, you know. Anyway, let me play another one of these pieces off a Nemo record. This is from a band called Carnival Skin. And that's also the name of the CD, as well as the name of the tune that I'm going to play. This is Carnival Skin.
that was Carnival Skin on Nemu Records, nemu-records.com. Another thing these CDs have got me to thinking about is liner notes. Some of the liner notes um, on these things are quite long-winded. And, uh, and, and I have several people that have told me that they always listen to the music before they read the liner notes. And, uh, and I didn't quite exactly understand that until I got some of these CDs and I, I put it on. And the first bit of music that I heard, I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. And I started reading the liner notes and sort of thought, man, what a windbag. Referring to the liner notes writer, not the musicians necessarily. Um, and so I, I found... So I haven't read the liner notes on the other CDs that I got from this company um, because I like the music. So I I don't really care a whole lot about the long analysis of the grand implications of, of the artists. I just like to listen to it. But that got me to thinking about uh, the relationship between the listener's headspace and the way art is received. Especially as as we get into uh, less mainstream expressions, that uh, a lot of times our, our preconceptions can really drive how how we perceive the things that are that are happening in the music. And if we come into it expecting it to be good, um, then we're ready to receive that. And if we come in with this expectation of oh, this is probably going to be pretty jive then we hear it as jive, pretty much regardless of of how it goes down. And uh, just reading those liner notes got me into that space. So let me suggest to all of you, just from my experience, always listen to the music first and read the liner notes after. And And I've been tempted on some of my releases. Well, like on one, for instance, in the actual CD packaging, there's a... No information other than the discographical information, you know, names of the tunes and the musicians and where and when it was recorded and whatnot. And and that was a conscious decision to some extent to uh, to allow the music to speak for itself. And, you know, you could listen to it and think what you want of it. What I think of the music isn't really particularly pertinent after it's made. After I've made it, it's up to the listener to figure out uh, what it means to them. And so me telling them what it means doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Um, Although, you know, people like liner notes. So I sort of split the difference on one and did put some liner notes up on my website for people to download. Um, But the good news is if they bought the CD, then they had to listen to the music sort of without those liner notes. And then they could read the liner notes later. And and I found that that worked well, especially on these releases that I'm playing here today. I've got one more um, that came in this last package, and it's actually not on Nemu Records, but uh, Klaus Kugel, the drummer who is on most of these other things, and who I believe is a driving force behind the label, because his name is on the return address when I get these envelopes in the mail. Um, 
he's a drummer on this, and it came packaged with the most recent thing. The name of the band is Wind Sleepers, and uh, the title of the album is La Fiance du Pirate, the Pirate's Fiance, I guess, and it's on Shaw Music, S-H-A-A, and uh, that website is shaa-music.de, and we're going to play a cut called Exit N.
Exit N by a band called Wind Sleepers. And the name of the disc is La Fiancée du Pirate. Spoken in my absolutely worst French accent. And that's on Shaw Music. That's S-H-A-A-Music.de. Well, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this music. Uh, I think it's all interesting. And I'll have links to those websites on Scratch My Brain. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with me, um, please email me at jeff at scratchmybrain.com. Or even better, uh, leave a comment in the comments section uh, under this post where you found this podcast on scratchmybrain.com. Hopefully the next podcast will come along a little sooner. I've got some interesting things planned for it. I think it's going to be all improvisational music. Uh, Maybe we'll talk about game pieces, possibly. Um, Ways of organizing improvisation. And uh, and play. I think I've got a Lucky Sevens cut that I'll play for you. And uh, possibly something from the New Orleans New Music Ensemble as well. So uh, I look forward to seeing you again in that cyber sort of seeing way. Um, Seeing you again soon. So thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Scratch My Brain. Please visit us on the web at scratchmybrain.com. And as Father Valente would say, only listen to good music.